بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على أشرف المرسلين سيدنا ونبينا ومولانا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين First and foremost to my guest in studio مولانا عبد الرحمن كان السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته السلام ورحمة الله تعالى وبركاته كيف حالكم مولانا؟ الحمد لله أويو مولانا إرشاد Good good الحمد لله um, مولانا it took a long time for us to get to this point of actually getting this done. Um, Malina is very busy and our schedules were colliding somewhat. But be that as it may, here we are. Um, we were just uh, discussing before I hit record uh, that this is a, a podcast format. So in the nature of podcasts, uh, we tend to get more personal than in more uh, formal platforms. So here we discuss in a way that you would never discuss things on a Jumu'ah or in a class and so forth. But that's, that's a bit uncomfortable for some because it's new. So I've got my way of doing that, Malina. So bear with me. Um, the, first, uh, the first is a list of quick questions, just random stuff that you put together. Um, we start off nice and mellow and then we get into some more fun stuff and then eventually we get to the topic at hand. So what is Malina's favorite surah? Even if it's just at the moment. Mm. Allahumma salli ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala Sayyidina Muhammad. Um, I suppose um, some of my uh, almost default chapters of the Quran that I tend to recite often in Salah mm. and perhaps because I recite it so often it opens up the door for more reflection. Nice. Um, um, I suppose one of the surahs that I recite most often would be Surah Al-Duha whether it's my uh, preferred surah or one that I love more than others, I cannot say. No. But it's sort of when I'm performing salah, any walk, Zuhur, no. Asr, Maghrib. And uh, I can't think of any specific surah to recite. That's one of my and chapters you. of the Quran that I always resort to. Nice. And uh, it holds so much, so many beautiful meanings. No, no. it's actually something we have in common. <laughs> on <and on>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, even... When I had the podcast with Mullah Ali, Mullah Ali actually remembered that at the end of my first year, I was asked to, like every class gets a, a person who speaks. So they asked me to speak. And then my entire speech was basically just how I connected with Surah Al-Duha because it's got such such deep meanings. But I'm, I'm, I'm keen to hear what Mullah takes from it. Because everybody's perspective is so different. No, I think there's a, uh, the, the chapter speaks to or about the relationship that the Messenger Muhammad وسلم, shared with his Lord, our Lord, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And uh, the Prophet sallallahu journey is a challenging journey. Hmm. His difficulties, perseverance, trials, tribulations. And uh, the sort of this comfort that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala conveys to his Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa ma qala. Allah has not abandoned you, O Muhammad. No. Neither is Allah upset with you. No. Right? And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala conveys to him, sallallahu And the Prophet وسلم, his life, his interactions with his family, with the companions, Ridwanullah ta'ala is always that. The akhira is better. And uh, it's a very hopeful message. Naam. We see it in the in the story of uh, Sayyidah Fatima al-Zahra, 
um, on more than one occasion she comes to the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam and uh, she presents her difficult circumstances to him mm. you know she's developed sores on her hand she has marks on her back mm. and uh, on one of those instances the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam says to her i can actually provide you help mm. or i can give you something better subhanallah and what is better is some adhkar some mm. dhikr mm. the famous of course is the 33 times Subhanallah, 33 times, mm. Alhamdulillah, 34 times, Allahu Akbar. No. And that message is constantly coming through. Mm. That no matter where I am in life, no matter what my challenges, mm. there's akhir of what? Subhanallah. I was just uh, uh, having a discussion with a family member now. No. And, uh, uh, you know, um, it was actually to do with, um, what's the show now in uh, in North America? Almost like a pop idol show, but it's not. Uh, X Factor? No, no. I uh, think it's... Oh, oh the Got Talent. Got Talent, something got talent. Yeah, uh, America. yeah, it's always popping up in my no. YouTube feed. And uh, this family member is watching something and uh, really enjoying some presentation that is being done. And right. and the the comment was passed, you know, you know that this is for them, the dunya. Huh. They can have a jannah here in this dunya. Huh. But is in the next life. Subhanallah. <laughs> But just imagine, like, without knowing this narration... Like if we if if we didn't know about this narration, just imagine what type of of attitude and and relationship one needs to have with Allah when when there's a physical problem, right? So your wife is complaining about the housework, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, that it's a bit much, mm. and here you come and you tell your wife, look here, <laughs> just make this dikir. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, Subhanallah. Like what what type of man? would would offer such a solution and what type of woman would find that acceptable subhanallah i mean subhanallah. obviously we know the narration so everybody's going to say mashallah yes shukran <laughs> but if we didn't you know mm. subhanallah ajib but no. um the next one along the same lines a favorite or outstanding ayah of late that has been sort of very meaningful to you um The, the problem I'm having now, Molana, is that I'm thinking of the next verse in Surah Al-Tuha. Uh, <laughs> that's blocking out any ayah that I'm wondering on. Because the next verse in Surah Al-Tuha is وَلَا سَوْفَ يُعْتِيكَ رَبُّكَ فَتَرْضَى SubhanAllah. How can one overlook? <laughs> How can you overlook that? SubhanAllah. There's, there's difficulty, there's challenges. Akhirah yeah. is better for you, but your Lord is going to give you until you are pleased. And uh, we know the famous narration. When uh, Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam arrives in Medina and Munawwara, uh, the Muslims are still facing Baytul Maqdis mm. in the prayer. Mm. The Qibla is Baytul Maqdis. The Qibla that the Prophet desires in his heart is the Kaaba. No. While in Mecca, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he stood on the uh, northern, the southern side of the Kaaba which allowed him to yes. face the Kaaba and, and Baytul Maqdis no. in one go. So he faced the Kaaba of his heart and he faces the Kaaba that Allah. And then in Medina, he's either going to face his back to the Kaaba and his face to Baytul Maqdis, or he's going to face Baytul Maqdis and he's, he's going to face the Kaaba with his back to Baytul Maqdis. Mm. And the Prophet really shows us that um, irrespective of how you feel or what you feel or what your thoughts are, what you desire, mm. you have to fulfill Allah's commandments. And you... So he's back to the Kaaba, even though he wants to face the Kaaba, and he faces Baytul Maqdis. Mm. While at the same time, he anticipates revelation. 
until uh, that's Allah, a G point I never thought about that point <laughs> and it's then, amazing and then the verses are revealed no we see you looking into the heavens of Muhammad anticipating revelation we will now direct you to a Qibla that you are pleased with you O Muhammad are pleased with and uh, therefore it comes in uh, I think in one of the narrations in Bukhari where Sayyidah Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha she said that مَا نَرَى رَبَّكْ إِلَّا يُسَارِعْ فِي رِضَاكَ We see your Lord hastening to do that which is pleasing to you. Mm. Which is so remarkable. Because the Prophet ﷺ uh, is the greatest slave of Allah. Mm. He acknowledges his servitude. And uh, the more one acknowledges his servitude to Allah, the more Allah elevates you, the more Allah uplifts no. you, the more Allah gives. SubhanAllah. No. Ajib, Mulna, um, By the way, I, I'm I'm accustomed. I'm very much comfortable with calling Molina Molina because <laughs> I know Molina from from quite a while ago as my own teacher. Uh, the first subject Molina taught uh, that I had the benefit of sitting with is uh, a Tirmidhi. Um, I think there was Jalal Lane also in that year, and um, it was Usulul Fiqh and. No, hadith is in the following. I think it was just that. No, and Mughni. No. Mughni as well. Very cool, correct. So I'm, I'm, I've always been calling Maulana, Maulana. But now Maulana's got like a plethora of titles. <laughs> Samana Maulana as Sheikh, Samana Maulana as Mufti. MashaAllah. May Allah increase you in, in, in the benefit that you can provide the Ummah with. Barakallah. What is... The thing on titles, it's interesting. Now, Many a times the, uh, you, 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 you become familiar calling someone with a... A title. And no. that person sort of, um, you know, grows in life mm. and receives new titles. Yes. But that simple title that, that you may be using with regards to a person, there's so much uh, respect and love in that title yeah. that, um, you know, even the greater title, you may use it, but it's not going to hold the same meaning of a yes. of a lesser title. Yeah. And I, I think that was very much myself and many of us may have experienced with Manataha. He no. was the Mufti. Yes. Rahimahullah ta'ala. And, you know, it's a year now that has gone by since his passing. Rahimahullah. And uh, um, it was difficult to actually call Maulana Mufti. Yes. Because he was Maulana. Yeah. And that Maulana was the greatest title, the, the amount of respect and reverence in, in fact, that Maulana. In fact, Maulana, it was, for Maulana Taha, it was, it was a bit different. Like, if I wanted to speak about anybody else, let's say I'm speaking to Maulana about Maulana Muhammad Ka. No. I would have to explicitly state Malana Muhammad Ka no. or Malana Ka or Malana Muhammad. But if I just said Malana said that, <laughs> then we all knew no. without having to ask that we're referring to Malana Taha. No. And if you said Mufti, for us it would have been like what Mufti? Like no. who? Subhanallah. No. Some of the some of the early students of Malana used to call him Haji. I heard that yes. And they stuck to Haji because in that Haji. There was so much reverence and respect no. that there was no need to to move over to a more elaborate title because Ayyuh. you know. Subhanallah. <laughs> In fact, it's a bit it's a bit weird. Um, for for my with my own experience, right? Uh, I started sort of being in the public. Um, I don't know what to call that. In the public eye space. or space from very early on in my studies, which I think was a big mistake. Um, like I gave my first khutbah at the end of first year. And when Ali Goda like pushed me to to get the first English khutbah, 
So I had the, the, the kind of confidence that one would normally need for that. And a little bit of experience because of my past life experience. Right? I used to be a lot of things. Uh, let's not go down that route. Manila knows already. Um, so I did that. Spiritually, I don't think I was ready for it because you require, it's not just about the information. You need to be able to be a good conduit of that information. No, and if you no. know yourself, now retrospectively, I can say it wasn't a good idea. But the issue that I had was I, I wasn't a, a qualified scholar and yet people were calling me you know, by a title of some sort or the other. I mean, if I was asked, I would say, I'm, no, I'm just Irshad. No, but no. Okay, so we understand that. Then, of of late, having joined uh, the Seekers platform, so they just standard put Sheikh there. No. And I assume it's probably just a more uh, recognizable title than Molina is. It's more specific. Wallow Adam. But that was, that was an interesting experience because then people think that, you know, there's a, there's a very specific explanation. Did you change? <laughs> did you did you convert <laughs> now? What's the story? So it's very weird. Um, and I'm sure Manila has, has, has uh, you know, lots of experience in this field as well. How, does, how, do, you, how do you deal with that, with that uh, type of transitioning? Yeah, subhanAllah. Um, I don't know, for some reason or the other, uh, I generally, um, what my, my standard practice among our students, that sort of, uh, you know, do poster designs or put out wording for classes. Mm. The the sort of understanding that we have, if it's something local, then I'd uh, probably remain with the title Maulana, which is, of course, for the benefit of our, of our listeners, generally somebody that graduates from the India Park no. uh, uh, subcontinent institutions, like the Darul Ulum in the Strand, which is somehow connected to the institutions in the India Park subcontinent, then one graduates as a Maulana and mm someone who studied in the Arab Arab world uh, or Arab institutions would graduate as a, as a sheikh. Mm. Now, uh, this used to be a big thing in our community once upon a time. These mm. days, um, students that have graduated from Arab uh, countries mm. are sometimes called Maulana, like uh, in, our, in our gatherings at mm. the Mahabba Foundation. Um, I, find it, I find it strange, but on the ground, it's sort of very common for many of the attendees, right. like Sheikh Muhammad Falanda, who is a graduate of the Al-Azhar. Many call him Maulana Muhammad. <laughs> is it? <laughs> Ajeeb. And I'm, I'm a graduate from uh, the Dua'i. Many call me Sheikh. Ajeeb. So it's like, the whole thing is upside down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's kind of been upside down uh, locally for, for a while, I think. No. I don't think we had that formalities. And I think it's a good thing also. Alhamdulillah. Because on the one hand, it's, Yes, there's a title that signifies the person has graduated from a course which indicates probability of knowledge, no. right? So that's good. And then there's some respect and so forth. Uh, the person is doing service to the community. So in that sense, I, I do think there should be a title, right? Whether, mm. whether we are deserving of such titles is a different story. But on the other hand, when it becomes like this title represents this and that type, you know, then it uh, can potentially become problematic. Anyway. We got into some serious stuff now. We're not done with the less serious stuff, Manana. Um, so just a lighthearted one quickly. One of the ways that Manana was an inspiration for me um, a while ago already, probably unwittingly also, is with uh, Manana's health journey. That's I know that there was a stage where all of a sudden Manana was losing all of this weight. And um, I don't know exactly what Manana did. But that's not the question. The question is, since then, up until now, and perhaps before then, what is Molina's favorite pastime, exercise, 
uh, way to keep fit? La ilaha illallah. You're asking me the question the wrong time because I'm busy picking up all that weight right now. Tilka al-ayyamu nudawiluha bain al-nas. No. It's as if that verse was revealed regarding diet. Yes, I know. Yes, I know. So, uh, no. Um, I used to run. Right. Uh, I still try, but uh, um, I think the, 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 the in terms of activity, There's a number of activities that I engage in, um, sort of extramural. Um, what I enjoy, uh, the, the best workout for me is on my bicycle. Really? No. And you? Uh, mountain biking on the mountain. Okay. Doing some basic trails. I don't like too challenging trails. But Mulan, I'm, I'm, I follow Mulan and Strava. I don't see many of these <laughs> notifications. <laughs> no. Like... Uh, Inshallah, I need to. I need to get back into it. Inshallah. <laughs> so, Mulan's preference is the bike. I generally prefer uh, cycling. The the down the downside of cycling is that it takes more time than running. I believe so. Yes. Um, the 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 plus side is the uh, the excitement that yeah. adrenaline one gets when, when doing trails and off roading and so forth. Nice. That's the one thing. The other thing is not much of a workout. Well, it could be a workout, depending is. Uh, We uh, I spent some time with our colleague Mona Afzal Hatia fishing. Okay, so that's 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 a good way to. Mashallah, I, I'm very happy that Mona said such normal people things. I asked uh, Mona Ali God. Okay, I asked him two separate questions. What is his favorite exercise, and then what does he like to do for fun? Mona Ali's answer for what he likes to do for fun was like uh, he likes to listen to the stories of of people who embraced Islam. <laughs> I was like, sure, Mona, that is. <laughs> That puts me in a bad spot. But mm. mashallah, I know that's great. Fishing, I think, is a, is an excellent uh, pastime, hobby. Um, Naam. Now, I, the, the fishing one, I used to fish when I was young with my uncle. Did I? I almost grew up with him on the beach. In fact, our family, my grandfather was a fisherman. We like, were almost every weekend on the clipper chase by. Okay. My uncle is a, a, a very good fisherman. I uh, used to fish with him when I was young, much younger. In fact, during my studies, that study days, I meet some of the uncles nowadays. They say, oh, we can remember, you used to come to Strasby and you used to have your Arabic books with you. <laughs> so I used to take my books with me. Right, right, right. And uh, about maybe three years ago, I think, uh, or two years, or I don't exactly recall, but um, I, I had additional responsibilities mm. and the madrasa and so forth mm. and so on. And I, I was sitting with a lot of... Um, Um, with a lot of pressure maybe or stress more mm. accurately stress and uh, I mentioned to Mona Afzal Mona if you go to the beach again let me know I'd like to join you and uh, I was uh, in Kramat that evening and mm. they came to pick me up Makassa Kramat and we went to Makassa beach and we just spent like two three hours at the beach mm. and uh, two three hours or not three hours two hours more accurately two hours you know at the beach getting that What's it? Ozone or ozone, whatever it is. I don't know. It's the first time I'm hearing of it. <laughs> right. It, uh, it was so refreshing and uh, I went stressed and I came back completely, completely relaxed. Ajib. And, and isn't, isn't that largely because of the company and just talking casually, the type of conversations that would take place there? Or is there something just about being there amidst nature? Yeah, I think it's nature. Mm. Definitely the company plays, plays an mm. important role. Mm. Uh, but uh, I mean, if you if you're stressed out with your boss, mm. 
and you go with your boss to the beach, it's still going to be stressful. <laughs> but, but if you, if the company is good, it's a benefit. Um, but I think that nature, hearing, hearing the waves break. No. Um, there's just something about the, the, the ocean that is de-stressing. Nice. Mashallah. Mm. That's great. <laughs> I went, uh, I used to go crayfishing a lot uh, growing up. I didn't actually go catch. I was too young for that. So I would just go with for the, for the fun of it. And my brothers and uncles and cousins, like they would go as a group, go to Hanklip and then spend like a good couple of hours there from after Fajr till they would probably return home only at about Maghrib time. So that was interesting. And then I went with my brother once to catch fish. And I said, this is a waste of my time. I'm never coming here again. You guys are catching that. Anyway, I understand it's, it's a great hobby and I appreciate uh, halal pastimes. Is, I think is very important to have because we, you know, no. trying to live a righteous life. You have to find no. halal alternatives. Sahih, sahih. And, um, and then yeah. also you, there, there are ways of uh, spending time in a meaningful way. No. no. Uh, in fact, a believer should try to make the most of every situation. You can be standing on the beach and watching your rod, but it doesn't mean you can't recite some Quran no. or make some dhikr. Or especially because our circles is teachers that we are generally together. This mudhakara mm. ilmiya, mm. you know, ilmi discussions. I'm not going to try and give you <coughs> our viewers the false impression that our fishing trip is a is a is a maulud <laughs> or a dhikr <laughs> that that will be a lie. But I mean, um, it's not just wasting time. Yeah. No. Yeah. Uh, a believer should always try to, 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 to have structure to his day, structure yeah. to the way he spends his time. And then, alhamdulillah, um, I was very happy to read narrations where the Sahaba went fishing. Mm. And then we have uh, the late Imam, uh, Imam Farid Mani. In fact, as a youngster, I used to meet Imam Farid on the beach fishing. Uh, Shaykh Ibrahim was also. Oh, okay, mm. mashallah, mashallah. <laughs> Uh, we, inshallah, I've spoken to Sheikh Ibrahim. He agreed to to also uh, come on board as a guest in the podcast. I'm just waiting for the appropriate time. Um, but talking about Imam Farid Mani, I actually discovered very recently. I told Malna about some uh, family uh, information that I came across. No. So one bit of the very interesting bit of information at that is that the Manis and the Siddiqs are the same bloodline, like the same bloodline. No. So we have. Um, Imam Ahmad Siddiq, um, who was the first Imam of the Hanafi Masjid. Oh, well. I just need to get my facts straight. He, his brother, if I'm not mistaken, either his brother or his uncle, but his, I think it was his brother whose name was Mani. And then that became the Mani family. Ajib. Yeah. So the Manis are actually Siddiqs? Well, it depends because basically at that time, people wouldn't necessarily have a formal system of surnames. Oh. So you would, if your father's name is Siddiq, then that becomes your surname type of thing. Oh. So there was a Sadiq, Siddiq. Um, and then there was the Mani. But anyway, I just found it interesting because, I mean, I've had so many interactions with the Mani family, no. never knowing that, subhanAllah, these are actually family. No, subhanAllah. Anyway, anyways, Malina, um, that's the prophetic advice. Study your lineages. To the extent that you're able to join family ties. Ajim. So you've learned the lineage, Malna. Now you need to go pay all the 
ولا معاذ فازت ماني actually it was a shock to my system for many reasons uh, number one I never knew or thought that there were any ulama in my family ever only to come and discover <laughs> Imam Muawiyah or they, they called him Ma'avia no. Siddiq And then again, Imam Ahmed Siddiq was the first Imam of the Hanafi Majid. He was a student of uh, Sheikh Abu Bakr Effendi. And um, then, of course, from the Mani family as well. uh, It's not that it, you know, it's important to to, to mention this, that on the day of Qiyamah, we all stand by ourselves. It's not about who your father was and those type of things. But uh, it was inspirational in that... I've always been saying, you know, imagine there's a dua of some grandparent that they made for their lineage. And we see that in, in, in Nabi Ibrahim alayhi in Rasulullah sallallahu We see the effect that the, uh, these applications had and who knows, you know. MashaAllah. Anyway, Malina, um, your you, favorite. You, you may be the dua of Imam Muawiyah, man. Exactly. SubhanAllah. He was Imam Muawiyah Siddiq. Muawiyah Siddiq. No. Yeah. Um, There was a, that, that Mani that I spoke of, the first, the first ancestor who went by the name of Mani. He actually received a medal from the Ottoman Empire. And he was the first locally produced Hafid, or first Hafid from South Africa. I think he studied Hafid in Mecca, but the first Hafid to have completed his Hafid. Ajib. Yeah. Ajib. I've got a medal for that. Very interesting. Mm. SubhanAllah. Well, now you're, Your first, uh, your favorite moment in class as a student. Wow. No. <clears throat> so the, the moments in class varies, right? Mm. There's happy moments. There's laughing moments. Mm. There's sad moments. Mm. There's moments of discipline. There's moments of uh, emotion. And it, it, it varies. So what was the question, Mai? Just what's the, your favorite? Um, I feel that uh, uh, I know you're thinking of Manatar's classes. Not necessarily. <laughs> right? I was actually gonna. I was actually gonna uh, start the question off by saying that I know Malna was a student of a number of <laughs> teachers. And I, no. I, the earliest teacher that I know of is Sheikh Ismail as no. Malna's head teacher. So it's not necessarily gonna be Manatar's moment, but no. uh, it's completely open. Yeah, I was thinking when you asked the question. I was thinking of Manatar's classes. Okay. Uh, so there would be many moments. Mm. I think there are many life-changing moments. Um, one moment I had with uh, uh, was Sheikh Ismail Lantant, you mentioned now, mm. our, our dearly beloved teacher. Um, I left for Umrah. I started with Sheikh Ismail the same year, 97, we went for Umrah. And Sheikh Ismail asked me to purchase a copy of the Diwan of Imam Al-Haddad, which is a, for the benefit of viewers, a compilation of poetry. Not Haddad, Diwan of Imam Shafi, the Diwan of Imam Shafi. And I had no idea what the Diwan is. I just memorized Sheikh Ismail's words for Baitim, Diwan of Imam Shafi. And I went from bookshop to bookshop, Diwan of Imam Shafi. And eventually, I found a copy, I brought it home, I gifted it to Sheikh. And he was reading through the Diwan. And uh, uh, Sheikh Ismail inspired us in so many ways. But on yeah. this occasion, I was sitting, reciting, and he was going through the Diwan. And then he just took hold of me on my shoulders. You know, he used to do this type, this type of, you know, his body was like, was like eccentric in a way. <laughs> do things at the time when you never expected. No. So he just grabbed hold of me. And he said, Abdurrahman, you must study Arabic. Allah. And that just left a, 
ei, ei. Imprintan my wow. mind, my heart. I, I must go study Arabic. Wow. And so that, then it was Manata, I think, uh, in every Dars there was a moment. Wow. <laughs> right? The amazing thing uh, about him, I think it's apt that we, since it's a year after his passing, yeah. was that um, on every level he would, he would amaze you. No. Right? Uh, because you would get him, let's say, second year. We started the Silsilatul Mutun of Manna. And you were like, you know, so amazed. And you thought you knew him. And mm. then you would come to the next year and then he would just amaze you on a different level. Uh. And then you thought, you know, I know who he is now. And then the next year comes, he just amazes you uh. even further. And I mean, throughout our, our life with him, mm. whenever one met him, there was something new for you to say wow about. Yeah, you're sitting Nando's and then he's <laughs> blowing your mind about no. something that you never in fact, thought of in fact, before. He, he said once in class, um, he asked the students, uh, how many different types of the letter wow, how many different wows do you get? And uh, I think Mona Yaqub was probably the most well-versed student in grammar. So he was giving wow iftidaiya and the wow haliya and the wow will qasam and the wow of this. And every time he's saying, Mona's saying there's one more, there's one more, till he's exhausted, he doesn't know what else is left. So Mona says there's the wow ta'ajub when you say wow. <laughs> And that was the thing with one, like you have this genius packaged in like a fluffy teddy bear that you that, that, that you can't help but just love. You know, like you'll be sitting as as Mulna said, you'll be sitting in his company. And then I think it's true in every dars, you get to a point where you're thinking to yourself, yes, I'm like, <laughs> how much does this man know? And how little do I know? And what what on earth am I going to do to get anywhere close to yeah. where his knowledge yeah. is? And then while you're thinking something like that, then you crack a joke and you like burst out laughing and thinking no. like, subhanAllah, no. he's still this, this human and approachable in that no. sense. SubhanAllah. And then of course, uh, I think it's important to add that uh, uh, our other teachers that we had at the Darul Ulum, mm. there were many amazing moments with them also. Mm. They are, they're all still alive, alhamdulillah. Great individuals, mm. persons of, 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 of etiquette, of adab, of knowledge, of taqwa. Mm. Mana um, Salim Gaibi is someone that always amazes you. Mana uh, Ibrahim Ghafoor, he had his own way, but uh, uh, someone that Alhamdulillah serves with on the Imara with us today, a uh, respectable man within the community. He was very much in touch with challenges on the ground and mm. therefore maybe could advise you better in relation to, you know, no. community challenges. Mana Mu'ad, Mana Sulaiman. I didn't actually want to mention names mm. because I'm, now I'm afraid of a situation gonna, <laughs> where you have to mention everybody. Oh, I might just forget someone and then I'm going to, well, you know, you were there. If I forget someone, then don't blame me. Blame Mullah <laughs> Irsha. And no, then, uh, even yourself, <laughs> you know, I, I always looked at it like, uh, I saw there, was, there was this trend where students would, would want to flock to Malata's class, yeah. right? And so Malata is teaching and then all the students from all the other classes even if they have a teacher in the class at the time, they'd want to go and stand or sit in Monata's class. And some teachers would even encourage it, you know, like, no, mm. go. Um, but for me, what it was, as a student, what it was like is that, yes, Monata is Monata. But every teacher is an expression of an aspect that Monata finds really important. No. And, you know, if, you, if you're not going to see that, you're going to be missing out no. in one way or the other. No. Uh, so in that way, it was never, I'm, I'm speaking from the perspective of, of how I thought as a student, it was never about, 
I'm just here for my lata. Like, for example, if I, if I take Rijal, right? If, if it wasn't for Mullah's class, like Mullah Abdul Rahman now, then what Rijal would I have known from, from Mullah Ta'a? Because that is a meticulous process that requires patience, no. introduction of a, of, of a particular narrator, mm. discussing the history, giving of homework, checking mm. of that, getting an assignment together. When, you know, you must go to Mullah Ta'a when you know your Rijal already, and yeah. then you will, you, will, you know, yeah. sort of expand yeah. it further. So every teacher sort of contributed in, in, in that sense. But in, yeah. I'm just thinking when we, the two of us, we started the reading of the Sunan al-Sughra. Yes, I And we covered quite a bit. Yes, we did, mashallah. Allah allow us to finish. I mean, I mean, Ya Rab. I mean, Ya Rab. Wow, I'm glad yeah. one still remembers that. <laughs> okay. Um, then just uh, before, I think also, I, I think it's important to add, I think then teachers beyond the madrasa as well. Mm. Uh, like we spoke of Sheikh Ismail before, these teachers in our community, people that we uh, uh, adopt as teachers, Sheikh Ibrahim Gabriels is a no. person that we take as a teacher. Of course, Sheikh Muhammad Amin Fakir. Hmm. Alhamdulillah, Allah has favored me that uh, I sit a lot with Sheikh. I, I generally have uh, somewhat easy access to, to Sheikh. No Mashallah. one has complete access, but no. <laughs> I do have some, a bit of easier access to Sheikh, Alhamdulillah. And then our teachers from abroad, the, and Sheikh Ibrahim Moes as well. Well, I start in Sheikh Ibrahim. No, Sheikh Ibrahim Moes is a, um, I'd say, a, a senior colleague. <laughs> no, definitely one of our senior colleagues and someone that we uh, admire. No. Someone that the community should really be benefiting from mm. in, in many ways, um, alhamdulillah. Um, then abroad, we have um, um, uh, some of the classes I've attended in Makkah, the Shafi Mufti of Makkah, Abi Umar Jailani. And then many of the habaib in, in Yemen, Hadramaut. I think uh, there's moments in all of those classes mm. and in all of those occasions. And uh, may Allah reward our teachers. I mean, may Allah reward our teachers. They open up doors of understanding that could never be achieved uh, otherwise. No. Could never be achieved even if one spent decades in a library. Mm. No. SubhanAllah, it's amazing that Malna, you know, touched on that point. Uh, and may Allah reward you. Um, but that actually leads us into the next point. Molina's favorite moment to date as a teacher. I'm not, I'm not even going to pretend like this is going to have to do anything with me. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite moment probably while reading the Sulaq Sukhra. Can we give Molina's love it later, inshallah? <laughs> um, subhanallah. Uh, I think that um, of the classes that I that I enjoy most, because um, classes become very technical at times. Mm. And sometimes there's detail, and you need to try and break things down. Because uh, some of the subjects, like usul al fiqh and fiqh, depending on what level you are teaching, can become rather rather technical. Mm. Um, the classes that I enjoy the most are like in the month of Ramadan. We we have the rawha. Um, every day during Ramadan, um, especially during the Itikaf. The Rawha, of course, would be a, a dars that takes place after Asr. Um, it's called Rawha because from the Hadith, So the Rawha refers to the time from after Asr. 
And uh, our teachers usually, they would teach all types of books during inner rawha. Sometimes fiqh, sometimes hadith. But the predominant environment of the rawha is one of uh, spirituality. Mm. And uh, I don't know, I think it's a combination of a spiritual dars tied into the month of Ramadan. Adhkar that's being recited, nasheeds. Uh, the rawha is one of the programs that I really find a lot of peace and contentment in. Mm. Um, whether it's the best or not the best, I don't know. But when you asked me the question, the moment I was thinking of the many moments that we have in the month of Ramadan, mm. spending time in the masjid after Asr, no. and going through the books of some of the, the great saints of this Ummah. MashaAllah. No, that's, that's excellent. Well, no, no, um, uh, okay, <laughs> let's, before we, this is the story of DTI. But the story of DTI begins with Mulan Abdurrahman at some point or the other. I, I know uh, when you speak about an organization, an institution rather, I should say, then there's a lot that goes into it. There's so many minds and hearts and years of effort. But let's just go back uh, to Mulan's youth, right? Where did Abdurrahman Khan decide he's going to be the alim Mulan Abdurrahman Khan? I don't think I ever decided. Um, what's interesting is uh, uh, your, our parents, of course, mm. right? I was once at a talk uh, in, in Hadramaut um, during the visit to Nabi Hood and a Westerner stood up and uh, he said that, you know, what he observes happening here within the valley of Hadramaut, the city of Tarim, it's very, you know, very spiritual people up on Dean, so forth and so on. Mm. And he says, it's like everyone is just being brainwashed here. Right? And he says, don't think that's a bad thing because you're being brainwashed with Dean. And where I come from, he was from the UK, people are being brainwashed with so many false ideologies. Mm. Right? That's what the West, the West, whether we, we like it or not, we are being on a large scale brainwashed by the by the West and mm. um, I mean I know we're not we're not speaking about the LGBTQ nonsense but I mean if you just look at the amount of programs and yeah, it's cartoons insane. It's, it's, it's insane. everywhere so there's brainwashing happening mm. and with regards to myself and Islamic studies um, I think there was a bit of my father had this way of right, right? so you know my father used to do this subtle thing that inshallah Abdurrahman is going to become a Hafid of the Quran. From young, oh, Abdurrahman is going to study the Quran. Abdurrahman is going to become a Hafid. Every now and then, Ajib. when I first heard it, I was, okay, that's interesting. <laughs> but eventually it was repeated, not too regularly, uh. but so often on different occasions uh. that I, I just understood that I must become a Hafid. Yeah. I must go study the Quran. Ajib. So it became natural. And like the Hafid, you need to da'wah, you need to uh, study deen. <laughs> Manana, while I was sitting in front of you as like a very young student, Manana just add in the Irshad is going to be a good guy, Irshad is going to be pious. Just, just now and then. <laughs> yeah, Rav. Subhanallah. I remember Manana uh, Irshad um, of the early days. And that's all we have time for, folks. <laughs> uh, we're going to just go into the next screen. No, I can't, I can't. Manana, this is, I remember this is, yeah, the, what is the masjid now? Um, um, in Crossy Park, well, not Crossy Park. 
There was one masjid I know you used to frequent after Asr, you used to sit beside Quran in the masjid, make dhikr. I don't know what Mullah is talking about. Right? So that's the Irshad I know. Mullah Irshad I know. Someone that used to spend time, recite yeah, attachment Rabbi. to Quran and dhikr. But there was one occasion, Mullah, when you related the story to us, and uh, I actually don't remember the details of the story, but I know that you were in the masjid and you're busy reciting Quran and you're all by yourself. And then you started hearing some funny noises. And you thought it was maybe a jinn or something and you became like very troubled only to learn afterwards that it, I don't know if you recall. Yeah, no, I recall, I recall. Um, we used to, as a student, we would we would be sort of interesting that we, we were students in a time before like social media and all this technology at your disposal. No. So one of the best tools was basically just coming together with a group of like-minded students to study. No. We did that often so we'd spend um the weekend in a masjid just studying for example or we would meet on a saturday night and then stay there and then go home and, and the next day fajr but uh this was at uh fifth avenue masjid okay in uh in grassy park sheikh shaheen okay. masjid and so we spent some time there with uh hafid abu bakr talib he was one and his cousin uh hafid Tair. Anyway, so that's where that happened. I don't. I also don't recall exactly what I did afterwards, but I came to a year that there was some sort of explanation as to why it sounded like <laughs> somebody was taking wudu no. when there was nobody in the machine. <laughs> that was a weird thing. Anyway, so uh, there was no point. It was just like kind of a thing. It was just expected. That is what you're going to do. And then there you go. Yeah, I think it was my, my father's uh, master plan. Mashallah. Mashallah. <laughs> I'll reward him and grant him a... Uh, uh, Good life in Allah's obedience, long life. I mean, I mean, I mean. okay. And then uh, the hayf started at uh, at which age? Um, in '97, I started with my hayf. I was. I think I was in grade one, like standard one, not grade uh, one, standard one, standard one. Uh. Mm. Yeah. Malina was, if I'm not mistaken, the first student of Sheikh Ismail. Yes, Alhamdulillah. Mashallah. <laughs> Mashallah. That also was an interesting. I uh, my father encouraged me. He said that Jesus, my elder recites so beautiful, and um, so uh, when he took me to Sheikh Ismail, Sheikh Ismail didn't have a high school at the time. He was starting, so I met Sheikh Ismail, his father, Mana Farooq. Sheikh Ismail narrates the story sometimes. He laughs about it, and uh, so I was there, and Sheikh Ismail was interviewing me as a student. Hmm. So I had to recite to him. So she asked me to read. No. So uh, I, on the other hand, my father's telling me that the Sheikh Pacha is so beautiful. Uh. So I say, Sheikh Pacha for us. But my father, he said something like really profound. Uh, you know, in those days when I started the Sheikh mind, he said that, uh, adab kan Sheikh Ismail kan liya. Uh. You know, it'll, it'll suffice. Subhanallah. No. Ajim. And then, and then how, how long did that take, Murulis? So I started with Sheikh Ismail. I spent a year with him. Then I left the madrasa. Mm -hmm. um, I had a bit of a rough patch uh, with high schools because uh, I went to uh, one of the Darul Rooms in Johannesburg for two months. Uh, I didn't like it there. I came back home. I uh, 
stopped studying here for a while. And then I went to one madrasa and then to another madrasa. So I was sort of all over the place. Mm. Um, was also very playful at the time. I don't, I don't regret. But what I do recall is that I eventually, so 97 I was a Sheikh Ismail. 98 was a, uh, a very... Um, How event. old is Molina at the time? More or less? Like um, 20? No, much younger. So this was, did Molina finish matric first? No. Okay. Standard 6 I completed and then I and went then, to, And then no. you started pursuing it. Okay. How old are you in Standard 6? I was 12. I, went year I, I was I was just so uh, early. I was about 12. No. no. Okay. A dream. Yeah, so 98, I, I didn't do much. Um, I went to a number of schools, benefited from certain teachers. Walim um, Fahmi Parker was one of my teachers. He's a teacher now at um, at uh, the school in uh, Skavkra. Uh, JEQ. JEQ. Um, I spent some time with Muna Adil Joha. Oh, is it? Mashallah. No. An amazing person. Um, there was another teacher with him also there at the time. Um, but I went, I stopped, you know, so 98 was really a eventful, but not fruitful year for me. Mm. In uh, 99, I went back to Sheikh Ismail and I completed the same same mm. year. Mm. Okay, mashallah. Well, now, okay, let's fast forward after Sheikh Ismail. Now I know really Sheikh Ismail is the one who said go study Arabic. No. But how did Malina end up with Malina Taha? Because at that's at the time, Look, when when I when I had to decide, I, I was in um I was in first year when I decided, look, I'm gonna I'm gonna do this thing now. I'm I'm in love with this mm. this dean and, and learning. And I had to make a decision. So I don't know if if people, you know, do this type of thing. But I just asked around, where's the place to go? Like, just tell me where's the best. No. That's all I wanna know. Like mm -hmm. don't I don't still wanna know. Just tell me where's the best. So people were obviously giving me different views. If you ask the Musallis in your local masjid, they'll tell you one thing. No. And you don't know who to ask also. Um, but Mullah Ali Goda was determined strand. No. There's no other option for you. I was like, but what about this country and that country? Because when you're that age, uh, 17, then the, the prospect of studying abroad, it's quite uh, mm. <laughs> appealing. No. Um, but Alhamdulillah, Ali said, and then I said, like, okay, why? And so on. And a lot of people, the, the reason for why that school is good is because of the type of students that the school is producing. And Molina was one of those students. <laughs> so how did Molina come to hear about that school? And what was the introduction? No. So um, that's interesting because uh, um, like any student, there were options in front of me. Um, however, I think... Uh, The, I'd, I'd probably I'd probably say two things. Um, my cousin Malna Shabir, <laughs> uh, who also is another person that had a very a massive influence on my I life. I think I think I must put a picture of Malna Shabir <laughs> on the screen right now when Malna says this. Allah, <laughs> no, Malna Shabir was like one of my role models. Mashallah. And uh, because I mean he was, uh, I was young studying Hiv and he was already studying second, right. third year of studies and the senior student and he has his books and you know, oh, he had like some type of a utility bucket. I don't know if it was a Ford or a Corsa or whatever it was. Yeah. No, so he was like really inspirational. Mashallah. Um, he was at Manata. 
he was at another school and he moved over to, to Munatah's Madrasa. So right. uh, in his mind, Abdurrahman should be going nowhere else besides, besides ah, Munatah. Okay. Then also uh, Sheikh Ismail. Uh, Sheikh Ismail also encouraged me. But um, I had a number of dreams. Oh, is it? Studying okay. with Munatabi before going to the Madrasa. One of the dreams was rather, rather remarkable because, uh, and it's very easy to interpret this dream. I dream that I, I come to Manatah's stars and he's wearing this thobe that is like so long that it's flowing behind him. Mm. And I come into the dars and I'm wearing a short. <laughs> right? And of course, I sit in the dars and I start, I start studying. And... Uh, Kind of thinking of one, and uh, I think it was a. I think it was a start, um, and the meaning of the dream was very clear. Mm. Uh, of course, uh, the length of his soap spoke mm. of his knowledge, and the length of my of my pen spoke of my knowledge. <laughs> and uh, Alhamdulillah, I'm glad I didn't have a dream like that. Well, I would have been naked. <laughs> yes, and. Uh, Yeah. you were very fortunate and I was always very jealous of this and then I think kind of things sort of, sort of balanced itself out but Molina's class had a reputation for getting a lot of attention from Allah Taha Alhamdulillah Molina was in the class with Molina Muhammad Ka Molina Yaqub and there were a few others who I'm not too familiar with but just take us through a just give us without having to give you you know sort of like a chronological narrative of the of your years at 2A but just explain what your experience was, was like as a student of Malataha developing in that in that manhaj and in that way mm. if you want to describe it to somebody in, in an elevator going up um, <clears throat> I feel that um, the, the, the the methodology of the school is one that um that focuses a lot on methodology, right? And uh, in most of the sciences, you taught methodologies mm. that allows you to, to develop within a field. Um, so the one thing is that um, I teach you the alphabet and you know the alphabet very well and um, you graduate and all you know is the alphabet. Mm. The one thing is I maybe don't cover the entire alphabet with you, But I explain to you the first part of the alphabet and I also tell you this is how you put words together. Right? And I then leave with the skill to complete the Arabic by myself, the alphabet, sorry, by myself, while at the same time I have a set of tools and methodology with which I'm able to create words. Hmm. <laughs> I don't know how much sense the example makes, but the school was very much about uh, methodology. And uh, another, I think, very, very, very important aspect of the school and I was just mentioning this to um, a principal of another online school that I teach for is uh, one of the most amazing classes and uh, we had at the madrasa was the Tirmidhi that Munatawa taught us in in the third year. Mm. And it really taught you about, uh, taught one tolerance. It taught us how to respect other madahib, how uh, uh, essentially all schools are drawing from the Quran and Sunnah. And based on the different approaches to the Quran and Sunnah, they sort of reach different conclusions. So the idea of tolerance, the idea of uh, working with each other, um, 
I think uh, these are some of the, the very important uh, methodology is one of the important things that I believe a student at the, the Darul Ulum takes, takes home with him. Mm. No. no, absolutely. That's uh, pretty well said. And uh, the other, th- just to sort of add to what Molina said, the other thing that's, that's, that uh, sort of stands out is the ta'amuk, like the depth. <coughs> Molina never, is never like average about anything. So he just gives you the depth of something. No. So you can see it's not a small pool. There's no. an ocean behind no. this water and he gives you a, a brief glimpse at that and then you walk away wanting to swim. No. Now, now you, you can't swim where he's swimming but you start swimming no. because before that you weren't even interested in no. the water. And he meets you in the pool and he assists you while you're swimming and no. he's like this lifeguard that is always there to, to guide you. No, <laughs> no that's, that's, that's very true. Um, there was something else that came to my mind while you were speaking. Subhanallah, now it's slipping my mind. Yeah, no, it's a, it's it's an experience that that one. I always find myself if I try to explain what Mona Taha was as a scholar. Mm. I always find myself sounding ridiculous. Mm. Like, look here, rather just stop because yeah. <laughs> you're sounding a bit. Uh, You know, like like a. I think if there's, if there's one thing that sums it up, this is actually what I wanted to say, mm. and it sort of I think it will sum up what you're trying to convey. Uh, after with the monotonous beauty, right? The duas are made and everything, mm. and I don't know what the objective was, but the students met with monotonous son Muhammad, mm. and he speaks to the students, or to those who are present, those who stayed a bit longer, and he says. shares a few things, but there's one thing that he shares that, and I had to leave earlier so because I was racing to get back for Jumu'ah, mm. but there's one thing that he says that, that just leaves me amazed. <laughs> I don't know if you were there. No, I, I wasn't. You left by then already. I left already. by then already, yeah. He said that, he says that, my pa had for us like Our father told us, as how his father, Muna Yusuf, told him, that as he eats dun, if you're doing something, then you go as far far as any other person has gone. You're studying hadith, study hadith to the level that any other human being has studied hadith. And then Muna Karan said, As ye da kum, tan khan ye fedra. Yes, I know. When you reach that point, then go even further. <laughs> right? And, uh, yeah, that sounds accurate. <laughs> that sounds pretty that's accurate. That's ajeeb, subhanAllah. And therefore, I mean, the discussions, the book, the literature that Mona introduced to us was it may have existed in our community a long time ago but at that point in time you know in the circles that we are familiar with definitely they look I've heard from from senior knowledgeable members of the community who didn't quite appreciate me mentioning their names I won't I've heard from them saying that look they've been around for quite a while we've never had mm. uh, the likes of, of Mona Ta as far as, as far as traditional knowledge of Islam is concerned No. There wasn't. But now that said, what was, what was so profound is that, okay, you know Mulana for a few years, so you understand his depth of traditional sciences. And you think that that's where it ends. Then somehow, some way, a conversation comes up about something that's completely detached from anything <clears throat> of the traditional sciences, whether that be some sort of quantum physics or biology or some matter that was discovered recently. 
And then Monata will start speaking about it and you think like, no man, mm. this, is not, this, this isn't funny any longer. <laughs> I, I got Molina so often in bookshops. Like when I wasn't with him, I happened to go somewhere and then I, I get Molina and where is he? He's in a bookshop. But he's not browsing Islamic books, standing in exclusive books and he's, he's no. reading. No. Sometimes it's an Afrikaans book in his hand. Sometimes mm. it, was, it was... I think it's Muwafaq Molina. Mm. Like really. Uh, I experienced this once or twice. And with Molina, I think, you know, what you're speaking about is something that Molina must have experienced so much. Mm. Uh, discussions would come up and then he would comment on that discussion. And he would say that, you know what? I actually know nothing about this, but last week I was in exclusive books and I just picked up a book and I went through it and that's what I read and it relates exactly to a point that you require clarity on, you know. So, Ajeeb. I think that, that that comes from Allah. SubhanAllah. No, there's no doubt. There's no doubt. Uh, he had a divine gift uh, that you can't describe in any other way. Okay, Mulana, I know a lot about Mulana's interaction with Mulana Taha, but there's an aspect of Mulana's development that I would love to know more about. And it would benefit us in the story of DTI as well. So along the road, Molina graduates at Strands Madrasa. Molina becomes a teacher there. In fact, Molina started teaching there before you graduated, isn't it? So? In my final year. Yeah. No, no. Half teacher, half student. Brilliant. <laughs> um, alhamdulillah. Um, I have one more question about that, which is about uh, Molina's reading of the books in the library. There's something special that I've always admired about that. And I've never actually asked but Mulana's reading of the Muqaddimat and if that is true and how did you do it and why did you do it and what that gave you. So that, that's the, the brief question about that, inshallah. And then what happened um, after that? How did Mulana get introduced to the Habaib and Habib Umar in particular? I mean, I was there, I saw it happening, but I never really knew about it. So I suppose these two questions there. Bismillah. La ilaha illallah. So, um... <laughs> Um, the library is a Monata's love for books and the library spill over to your students. Mm. And um, it was Monata's favorite time and it became the fav favorite place and the favorite way for him to spend his time. And I think it became the favorite place and way to spend the time of many of the of the students. Um SubhanAllah, one thinks of the hours spent in the library instead. It was a very rich library. Mm. Uh, in fact, uh, I don't know of another such library in the in the country. Up country, there may be libraries that are maybe bigger, Allah knows best. Uh, but it may not have the same title that like, and I was with Mona when he bought many of those books. Mm. I think the idea of reading an introduction of a book is uh, um, the introduction tells you what the book is about and um, Understanding what the why the book was authored and what you can expect to find in the book, uh, it allows you to build a base of, um, because discussions are always going to come up. There's always going to be a need to research something. Mm. And uh, many of the books you would know in the library or not, they are resources. Mm. Uh, some of them are meant to be studied cover to cover. Others are, are resources. And uh, just to know the resource. And what oh, you mean book. like a reference, reference yes. work? So yeah. if, a, if a discussion comes up, I would know that that book could be a good book to consult mm. because this is what that book focuses on, mm. you know, uh, along, no. along those lines. No. Okay, so that was the, the side note and just some information in case there are students. No, there will definitely be students who watch this. 
So, uh, you know, there's a good tip in terms of Molina's development. Okay, so when I was teaching at the madrasa, I was in third year. Ihsan Kolya is now Sheikh Ihsan Kolya. He was in my class. Was it was he Molina's first introduction to Habib Umar, or was it before that? I think the very first time that I heard Habib Umar's name mm-hmm. was uh, Sayyid Naqib Attas. Oh, right. From a madrasa. From a madrasa. Okay. I don't know if he was below you or above you. No, no, he was, he was in final year when I started at the madrasa. No. So he was the very first person because <clears throat> he was in his, let's call it his final year. And um, his father was encouraging him to go to Yemen to study under some Sayyid Umar. Right. Right, that was the first time I actually heard Habib's name. But um, my my um, my initial attachment to to Hadramaut was to the Habaib, the Saad Al Baalawi, was purely from a historical perspective. Mm. It was in my research on the saints of our community, Islam in Cape Town, the existence of certain practices and litanies and so forth and so on. Um, the idea was where does all of this come from? Mm. And uh, many a times, whenever trying to study any practice or trying to study uh, some the, the the methodology in general, I, it often came to to this particular family. But we have example. Um, you have um, Tuan Guru, but of course this was discovered later on. Tuan Guru is a uh, Sheikh Abdullah bin Qadi Abdul Salam. His lineage goes to one of the nine great awliya in, in Indonesia. So, uh, Professor Naqib Atos. You know Professor Naqib? Is it Professor no, Naqib? No, not Naqib. The Professor Hussein. Professor Hussein. No, no. The famous professor in, from, from Malaysia. I think Professor oh, the, Naqib. The, 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 um, the philosopher. Philosopher, yeah. Yes, I think it is. No. It is so he's written on this a lot, and I, I've read some. Well, I thought actually introduced me to some of his works where he speaks about the spread of Islam in, in Indonesia. Oh, okay. And uh, so it's generally accepted by the historian that Islam is present in Indonesia where there's a 190 million plus Muslims mm. through nine great awliya. Of these nine great awliya, seven of them are from the side Alba Alawi. And uh, Tuan Guru's lineage runs through one of them. Okay. Uh, Sunan Gunung Jati was called or Sharif Hidayatullah. Right. But nonetheless, so you have to want Guru's lineage runs to the Sad Alba Alawi or the Habaib. Um, next to one Guru in the Tanabaru is Sayyid Alawi. I actually visited all these backgrounds with, with Munata on one occasion. Munata was very interested in the Tanabaru, just on a side note about uh, the inscriptions on the gravestones. Right. And uh, believe it or not, I saw him laying on the ground in the Tanabaru, scratching and trying to figure out what's written. Yes, I know. And he said that it would be a, make a good study if somebody came and just traced all these gravestones, collated them together and do a study on what is inscribed there. <laughs> right? But anyway, saying, said Alawi is there from the side Alba Alawi. Uh, there's some indication that speaks about Sheikh Abdul Rahman Matura on Robin Island also being from, they say it from, from Hadramaut. Right. Um, and then of course Sheikh Abdul Rahim al-Iraqi was one of the early scholars in our community Sheikh Muhammad Saleh of the Zawiyah which is another very important tradition within the Cape um, our, another teacher of ours a person that also had a great impact on me I developed of course after graduating a, a very close relationship was with was 
Sheikh Siraj Hendrix. Mm. And we just published now a, a biography of him. I have the good pleasure and honor to call him teacher as well. Alhamdulillah. At, at UJ, he was one of my lecturers. Ajib. And I had, uh, you know, at, at that type of engagement, you, you tend to discuss intricate ilmi stuff, even no. if you don't know the person, no. which is odd in the traditional circles. I mean, I wouldn't just come up to another alim and start speaking about no. complex. But I had that with Sheikh Siraj because of the platform. No. So it was very nice, actually. He was a yeah. very, very knowledgeable person, no. mashallah. Another bibliophile, mm. uh, very impressive. Um, even uh, Sheikh Siraj's brother now, Sheikh Ahmed, mm. attended some of Sheikh Ahmed's classes. Uh, fun and very informative at the same time. Mm. But ala kulli hal, so, you know, the history basically tells me about his family. Mm. But of course, in that time, it was just historical fact. No. Nothing more than that. Um, the madrasa hosted Habib Kazim one year. Myself and Mullah Muhammad Ka mm. uh, were the organizers of the program. That's when Ihsan brought Habib Kazim. It was the only time Habib, Habib Musa al Kazim came to visit. And uh, uh, the madrasa actually hosted him. Munata was, yeah, was very excited about the old tour of Habib Kazim because even though Munata was like against posters, right. like he, I mean, you would know Munata. Yeah. Right. He, he used to make fun of us at our posters. Uh. But when uh, Habib Kaldim came and we had posters up about uh, Du'ay hosting Habib Kaldim, Molna was like very happy. He said Du'ay is like on the map, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and if you see, you'll see photos of Molna still when he uh, sitting with Habib Kaldim, greeting on the airport. I saw yeah. some photos going around. But even then, there was no spiritual attachment to the Hadramaut per se. Mm. Um, uh, I think when Habib Umar visited for the first time in 2010, I think that's when the uh, attachment started developing. No. I was I was with Mulna in many of those. I remember we went to, we went to the Zawiya together. Okay. It was the Mawlid day. Tamam, tamam. And um, there was also a program for ulama, I think, at the Zawiya, in addition to the, the public program. Okay. And I was with Mulna there as well. Downstairs. If I recall correctly, yes, yes, yeah. in fact. Yes, and Mullah no. Muhammad was also with. No. That's what I'm saying. I, w I was there when this whole thing initiated, but I don't know of, of yeah. all of the details behind the scenes. So, yeah, there were Fajr programs. Munatar no. came to the Fajr programs. Um, I was mentioning it the other day, in fact, that uh, uh, Habib was one, one Fajr in Levin Street, Masjid. I was telling some of the brothers the other day, you know, if Habib Umar should be in Levin Street Masjid tomorrow, the masjid will be too small mm. to hold the people that would want to be there to, you know, benefit. But nonetheless, 2010, Levin Street Masjid, there were probably just one or two softs. Yes, I know. And Monata came through from Strand. Today. And uh, Monata was very touched by Habib Umar during his first visit as well. That's when he wrote the poem of Habib. And... Uh, I remember uh, Salih Salam. I don't even know if Salih Salam. No. Uh, a wonderful brother. He runs the old mutual Sharia compliant fund. Okay. Um, either way, so Sidi Salih Salam, he read an Ashidi that morning. Talama Ashku Gharami Ya Nur al Hujud. How long have I been longing for you? To the messenger, the poet says, Ya Nur al Hujud, O light of existence. Wa Unadi Ya Tihami Ya Ma'adin al Jud. And he's reading the Nasheed and Habib Umar is his presence or so. And I look at Munata and he was just crying. And it was one of the very few times in my life when I really saw him crying. So, oh. so 
I think the visit of Habib Umar was uh, was amazing. It's something I don't like. I don't like speaking about. Yeah. I connected to Habib in that visit, and the morning I connected to him, I observed um, changes in my life. You know, sometimes you work towards change, right? You strive. That that meeting I did with Habib, I remember there were several things that um, that I was not happy that I was engaging in. And I wanted to sort of get out of my life and I've been struggling with it. And in that moment, those things immediately, I'm able to leave them off. And, and there's certain actions I want to bring into my life because at this time, I'm already now teaching Sahih Muslim at the Madrasa. Mm. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm teaching Sahih Muslim, which is like one of the big books in Hadith in the Darul Ulu. Mm. Um, I need to, and that one meeting and so many other actions I wanted to bring immediately. Alhamdulillah, that lasted for a good number of years. Allah, I don't believe I still have consistency of those things. <laughs> Allah, grant us consistency. Amen, but no, it's not something I, I, the details I don't like uh, sharing and speaking about, but uh, that's basically when it happened. Uh, it's, it's, it's inspiring. So, yeah. uh, shukran for sharing it nonetheless. Uh, yeah. um, that the, the, that's the beginning of the story. Um, I know also Darut Turath. I was there when Darut Turath's calligraphy was being made. No. <laughs> Subhanallah. Um, your vision obviously didn't remain the same. I mean, I think when Mulana was having that, uh, the the calligraphy made, I don't think you had an iota of of what it might become later down the line, you know, where it is today. No. So explain to us a little bit about your coming together of the manahij that you now sit with. Because you, you, you've you've seen Mulana's manhaj and you, you've learned that. And it has... Manatah's manaj is an ajib manhaj if, if, if one really wants to categorize it because technically Manatah is Diobandi but that's as far as it goes you know no. technically no. <laughs> because he comes from a Diobandi school no. but it's not a Dars Nidami Nizami no. it's not a it's not a it's a weird combination of things no. and I think a lot of people have, have an issue with, with trying to figure it out yeah I feel whoever tried boxing Manatah made a mistake no <laughs> I think it was just too dynamic to be boxed into any category or any group. Right. You know. He, he was just like, ilm. No. You know, I'm with ilm. That's it. No. Don't still ask beyond that. But okay, so Malna has that. Then Malna got exposed to the, the Hadramaut Manhaj. I, I assume predominantly through your visitations. No. And then you found some things that were different and so on that I'm only coming to learn about now, uh, believe it or not. And uh, I, I like a lot of what I'm seeing. Mm. Um, for example, like Monataha was like against Mutun. No. If I can just say it as blunt as that. Maybe not also against, but he wasn't a fan of Mutun, the study of Mutun and, you know, doing a whole bunch of Mutun and things like that. Um, but then on the other hand, you come to this manage and you see the benefit in it and you see what, how it develops students from one point to the other. So there's, there's definitely khair in both. Mm. But I'm sure there must have been uh, there must have been a transition in Mulana's own development, seeing these things happening and you finding it. Did you ever find yourself torn between this way, that way, or I don't know? Explain the development to us. Mm. I think for a long time, um, uh, my connection to the scholars in Hadramaut, the Habaib, was predominantly um, da'wah and tasawwuf. Mm. And uh, I didn't see a need to to focus too much on ilmi things. 
a part of me felt that uh, we have an ilmi manhaj, an ilmi way, you know, um, we have our learning and uh, the focus is more tasawwuf and and, uh, and da'wah. That's basically how Darul Turath actually comes about as well because you said you gave Jumu'ah in your first year, mm. right? The nurturing I receive from Munataha is one where, like Munataha, you are completely, um, what's the word that I'm looking for? Recluse. No, no not, not disconnected, but, you know, giving a Jumu'ah and having a Tars in the Masjid uh. is the last thing that you have in your mind. Yeah. Your life is all about library and teaching. You're at the Madrasa Ayah Islamic Education. Uh. Your thing is, you're teaching Mughni, you're teaching Rafwa Takmil, yeah. you're doing Manhajul Naqt, yeah. you're doing... You're uh, researching Fatawa. Ashbawa Nadair, a new thing is coming up. Manata is busy with yeah. uh, carbon dioxide obtained from intoxicants and you there, yeah. and then he's writing something on Nidhamu Ta'meen, Asiliya Ta'awuni, and then you... And uh, that resulted that uh, I actually had... Uh, You know, there was no inclination to to the type of da'wah that we currently engaged in. Mm. Um, uh, it was, I mean, I studied, I graduated, I taught for a year or two and I never de delivered a single Jumu'ah. <laughs> sure. So only after, about a year or two after graduating did I deliver my first Jumu'ah. Mm. And uh, that also the time when I... Uh, sure, that must have been like a shocker because public speaking <laughs> is not a joke. Uh, how did did Malna ever have like uh, you know that sort of barriers that you had to break down um, I don't think it was too challenging because um, you, I may not have hey, but you were a teacher I've been teaching for yes, so long yes. every day no. right and this uh, is basically an extension of, of what you already no. do uh. I think I did get involved with community da'wah early enough you know I think one of the challenges Manatha had um, this interview seems to be more about Manatha than anyone else But I think it, it's, it speaks of uh, the role he played in our lives, subhanAllah. Mm. So, like, you know, Sheikh uh, Riyad Saluji, they were Munata in Durban. And they take him to deliver a lecture to a primary school, right? At a primary school. And Munata needs to speak now to kids that are very young. Ajeev. And they said, Munna is speaking, and you would imagine that this university student in front of you. <laughs> and it was like, uh, You could see it wasn't easy for Mulna to tone down ah. his his level of discourse. Yes, right. He was just so accustomed to to speaking on a on a on a on a higher level. I wish somebody recorded <laughs> that. And yeah, Allah, I can only imagine the children sitting there. So uh, yeah, Rob. Yeah, alhamdulillah. So I had a lot of. I was teaching for a long while, huh. and uh, I don't think it was. Okay. No, khair. no. Uh, I had a kind of an unfair advantage. I gave my first public talk when I was in standard one. Okay. Grade three. Yeah? Standard one. Anyway, but I know it's a big deal for people. No. Uh, public speaking, apparently, people are more afraid of that than death, but I don't think they quite understand death. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Malina, you've had... To date, I'm going to skip a lot of stuff, but to date you've had like a huge change in the landscape of Islam in Cape Town no. and probably elsewhere as well. Um, large following, you know, this impact uh, has brought change to so many people's lives as well. And you, you can see 
um, the extent of it. Um, what are the types of challenges? Like, look, I know about some, and I, I, we, we probably have to get into it, but I know being within the, in the domain of tasawuf, of spirituality, um, a person outside of it completely, like somebody who's either against tasawuf or somebody who has never heard anything about tasawuf, wouldn't quite understand many of the discourses no. that would take place within Tasawuf. No. So now you're sitting in this new domain no. that you're obviously developing in and da fangle fail. You know, saying something and it's on camera so you get into trouble. I know there's challenges like that and those challenges are sort of like an ongoing thing and I've seen it in many Turuk, in many different no. scopes. Um, I think that's a, it's a rather packed question mm. and there's many aspects to consider um i feel that our, our our stance has always been that um our connection to the habaib in particular uh to me at least and when i had this discussion with others sheikh muhammad and you know sheikh Tilawar and others to us it always well they agreed with me so to me it always was that um we i felt that we don't want to bring anything new to the community Okay. And the tasawwuf of the habaib has been the tasawwuf of the community all, all the years. Right. I mean, I heard, I heard Munata mentioning this once at the MJC, you know, with the late Munak San Hendricks. Um, I don't know what the nature of the meeting was. Oh, I think I, I remember now, but it was controversial regarding another scholar, and I don't want to get into that. Mm. And Munata mentioned, in fact, to that scholar on this one occasion, that uh, tasawwuf is not new to our community. Mm. And the tasawwuf of Cape Muslims has always been the tasawwuf of the of the Saad Al Baalawi. No, and that's what Mona actually said. And and I always felt that I felt that look, we're not here to bring anything new. Right. We're here to maintain the traditions of Muslims in the Cape. Right. That that's a I'm only you're just passing over that, but that statement is an important one no. because I think a lot of people from just casual engagement would 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 have that type of apprehension like. Because no. to an extent, it's definitely different no. when you see daily practices. Like sometimes you're too stuffed and I'm thinking like, what <laughs> Like I remember asking one not too long ago, like there was a dua that I heard people make after Maghrib and I've never heard that in my life. So I asked like, where does this come from? But it's genuine curiosity. No. Because like, you want to trace this tradition, you want to understand no. and so on. And no. sometimes it's just purely academic. So that statement that one made is, is an important one in that it's not an objective to try and bring in this new no. thing that wants to change the Islam that we already have. No. That's that's important for people to, no. to understand. But then how is it not doing that in, in, in that sense? I feel that um, some practices would be would be new. Mm. I say th I think some practices are old. Mm. Something as simple as a different lago. No. Some people may think it's new, but you're actually doing the same thing. It's just that you Doing the same thing with a, right? Maybe with a fresher lago. Mm. <laughs> right? um, the Haddad is something. It's a very like wise choice of words. <laughs> <laughs> no, the Maulid Jamaas they will, they will take you to task. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, no, I'm Subhanallah. So they, I, I remember what, what Habib uh, Musa Al Kadim's words were when Malna asked him after we had the Haddad in Parkwood. No. So Mulna asked him how it was in the car ride back. Yes, yes, yes. Remember what his response was? <laughs> no, because again, they to them the Ratib al Haddad they read it every night and it takes yeah. you know, five, minutes. five to ten minutes. Uh -huh. 
So for them to read the Rati in an hour, it's like, mm. wow, what's happening now? Mm. How do you take a vicar of five, ten minutes in? But uh, I still appreciate it. Um, and so we, the idea is that predominantly we want to preserve the way of the our forefathers, mm. the scholars and imams that brought Islam into our community. And of course, there are going to be some some differences here and there. Mm. Um, we strongly believe that there's not a single practice that we're engaging in, save that there's a basis for it within the Book of Allah and the Sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. We at the same time acknowledge that there are persons that hold different views and their approach may be different to ours, and we respect them mm. and we love them, and they are our brothers. Um, um, that's the teachings of our, the scholars in Hadramaut Habaib, and it was exactly the same teachings that we receive from Allah. No. no, one thing that uh, this requires a podcast in its own, but one thing that is quite sad to to observe is not it's not a matter of adabul ikhtilaf. It's like not even understanding how ikhtilaf works in the first place. No, that creates so many issues. Um, Adabul ikhtilaf you can only have if you know if you know what ikhtilaf is. No. But people, and I say people here, yeah, but essentially this is scholars and students and things like that, are easy and quick to judge and and cast uh, titles and so forth on others no. based on matters that's completely far'i. No. Like it's furu upon furu upon no. furu. And then... I think the, these aspects of methodology, the only way to resolve it is teaching. Mm. And I feel that uh, scholars in particular that, 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 that lead the public must become more mature in their pronouncements. Mm. Um, if I adopt a leading role in the community, if you adopt a leading role in the community and you make statements on a public platform, that is critical of another, even if you're not going to mention their name or even if you don't, right? But, and, and you're overcritical about it, it creates a problem. Mm. You know, I once, I don't know if this is a good example. Um, uh, one of my teachers in Johannesburg, Sheikh Alauddin al-Afghani, he passed away. Mm. I used to visit him on and off in, in Joburg, one of the early teachers that I took ijazah from. He, was relating to us once and he was come. He lived in Mecca for the for a large part of his life. He taught at the Madrasa Sawlatiya and therefore he narrates from some of the ulama of Mecca, one of the reasons why you know, no. we visited him. And he was speaking about the hookah, right? I know the hookah, we actually have a fatwa sitting in the fatwa department right now. We need to give an answer on the hookah, right? And the hookah pipe. The hookah pipe, yeah. That's a very odd pronunciation. Of the word. I know they spell it like that. I've seen H double O K A H. Yeah. But I mean, I, I this is like the uh, the in thing when I was in school. Okay. And everybody said Oka. I also used to say Oka. Yeah. But now I'm seeing Oka and no, I, I think I may have heard. Uh, I think that's a, just a spelling that has been adopted. Maybe they say uh, it somewhere. I don't know. I don't know. If if you, if Mala's going to say Oka, yeah. People are going to be like, Fata Oka. Fata So, whatever it is now, um, I feel that uh, medically, if medical doctors confirm that the that is harmful to the body, like smoking is harmful, mm. then you're probably going to find very little difference of opinion regarding it, regarding its ruling. Mm. 
But Sheikh Alauddin was saying that, you know what happened was, because some of the ulama in Makkah used to smoke the Maybe because they didn't know of the of the harms, whatever the case may be. But he said that when the methodology of a people is such that they treat something because maybe, I think at the time it was definitely differed upon with us, you know. And yeah. even if you believed it to be haram, because it's differed upon, it's not on the same level of haram like drinking alcohol. Yeah, of course. So he said when people make something so haram uh. and they place it on the same level of alcohol, what happened was that, and this is very sadly happening in the Arab in many Arab countries, mm. was that you came so harsh, with so much harshness against smoking okapai. Mm. And people were already, it was part of the being. Culture. Mm. They thought that, you know, if we are guilty of this haram, mm. we might as well drink alcohol also because both of them are haram. We're really doing this. Mm. We might as well do that as well. And uh, it's, it's the idea of methodology and putting things, I'm thinking of this because you spoke about a far. And for the benefit of our viewers, uh, a far is going to be literally a branch. Right. So you have ru'usul masail, important masail uh, that uh, determines belief and disbelief and so forth and so on. Mm. And then there's matters that are not on the same level. Mm. And one of the... One, one of the diagram is ajeeb, you see. Ru'usul masail. But I get what you say. No. Because technically your asal is here. And when I take that, which is, I, I don't want to use a derogatory term, mm. I don't know if peripheral is good, but for the sake of understanding, when I take that, which is peripheral, and I make it, put it in the center, mm. then, then what's happened? Everyone's going to believe everyone is out of the fold of Islam. Yeah. We're going to have relationships where I can't speak to you and I can't greet you and I can't. But if everything is placed, and that's Zulm, it's the definition of Zulm, Wad al-Shafi, Bighair Mahalim. Yeah, so I think methodology is very important in the time that we are living. Yeah, it's, it will be bad to go down the uh, route of an example, but like something as simple as, as Eid. No. Like Eid, man. No. When you learn Eid, it's, this is a Sunnah. This is a Sunnah Salah. But if you do, it, it's such a non-central issue no. that, that you studied like right at the end of Kitab al-Sada. No. Almost like a by the way is also this quick, quick thing. And yet families get split up about it. No. Some scholars would split the communities up about it. No. It's, it's, it's problematic when I, I take something that's and place it on the same level of importance like Iman Billah. It's, mm. it's a problem. Naam. And so now, Malna, um, okay, wait. That going into a hectic discussion because that would lead us into Malata, which I do want to talk about. But as as a scholar and also one who follows uh, very, very loyally a particular tariqah, do you ever find it difficult? Is there ever a conflict where you feel, I'm, I have to do this because of my tasawuf, but in my ilm, I don't feel like that's necessarily the best way to go. It probably wouldn't be any, no, this is haram, how can I do mm. that? But just in terms of like best practice, better <clears throat> practice, those type of things. Um, no. Okay. I think the, the tasawuf again, because Tareem, Tar Mustafa, the institution of Sayyid Habibur, and I think this is another, uh, what's it now, misnomer. Mm. Tar Mustafa is not a Zawiya Sufiya. Right. While it is partially a Zawiya Sufiya, uh, but it's first and foremost a place of learning. Right. 
Tareem is a place of ill mm. and it produced the of the greatest scholars that the, that the world has seen. Mm. Um, I mean, you look at the Muqaddimah Hadarumi, a school Hadarumi, it comes from Hadaramaut, mm. right? Many of the uh, great works that were authored within the Shafi school came from scholars from, from that city. Ibn Ubaid al Asaqaf, you're familiar, of course, with the, with mm. the Sobul Rukam and mm. other such very uh, important works. So, Tareem is a place of ilm, mm. right? And I think it's very important for people to appreciate that. In other words, you can have absolutely no relationship. You can have no relationship with Tasawwuf or no connection to Tasawwuf. And you could go to Dar Mustafa and Tareem and you could benefit just in terms of ilm so much. Right. In fact, um, uh, from, you know, my because so you, you're looking for different things in life. And uh, my, 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 my recent visits to Tareem, um, I attend many of the classes of Sheikh Omar Hussain Khatib, who was like uh, one of the senior scholars in fiqh in Tareem these days. Okay. Even though he's still, he's still young. Right. Um, when I say knowledgeable in terms of fiqh, it's, uh, um, it's something that needs to be witnessed. Wow. You need to see him teaching fiqh. Uh, the Masail, the Furu' al-Shafi'iyah, al-Furu' al-Shafi'iyah, the Madhab, the way they are familiar with it, the way they know it, uh, it's, it's, it's mind-boggling that people can, because again, from our background, our background is a background of methodology. Uh. And tomorrow, if I'm going to ask you a question, you'll be able to research that question, and you will find all the details in that question in the various commentaries and hawashi, yeah. and you name it. And then you become very, very uh, comfortable with that particular masala. Mm. But now, the, 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 he's someone like Umar Hussain Khatib now, he's someone that, the way you feel about that masala that you researched, he like covered all the masala like that. Sure. <laughs> right? It's, uh, Heavy. Naam. So you discuss some remote masala and you will remember the details that comes in Bajuri or Bujayrami. But or, I've, I've seen this, on an, I've seen a little bit, I'm not saying from that scholar, but I've seen a little bit of it with uh, one of the one of the teachers on Seekers as well. But he's one of the, um, I think he teaches in Makkah. And we had to have, I don't want to mention his name because I don't know if it's going to be appropriate to, mm. anyway. But this particular scholar, he's, he, he studied in Hadramaut. He's teaching in Makkah. Um, he, he was sort of coaching us with one of the subjects that, we, that we're teaching, mm. myself and, and Mullah Muhammad. And we just got to engage with him for a little bit. But I could see that, mm. you know, with that little bit of interaction, just how comfortable he, he is mm. with the tradition, man. It's you very, very... Not Abu Bakr Badib is speaking about. No, but no. I didn't want to mention no. <laughs> But anyway, uh, I suppose it's only good in, in what I'm saying. No. So you could see that uh, the Sheikh was very comfortable in no. this tradition. No. To the point where, look, when you study at Monataz Madrasa, you become very comfortable with the Shafi'i tradition. No. Like the names of the scholars, the names of the books. No. Um, how the one book is linked to the other. Methodology. No. But it's not quite common to find other people. No. Who are not from the madrasa who are equally no. uh, familiar. But when I, I, when I spoke to this particular sheikh, I got that feeling like immediately. And no. not just equally familiar, like more familiar. No. Like he was referring to that. I was like, okay. Guy knows what he's talking no, about. They, they are, subhanAllah, at something to experience. Mm. I always tell Malay Yaqub, because Malay Yaqub always enjoyed the detail. 
I tell him often, you know, Mona, you will love Hadramat. And mm. it has nothing to do with Tasawuf. Mm. You will just love the tradition over there. <laughs> Subhanallah. Uh, scholarship is uh, remarkable. So, and they're very critical. Mm. They are super critical, right? Uh, every mas'ala, there is so much discussion and debate around, you know, in terms of the madhab, in terms. So, uh, any of the practices in Hadramat in, in is. Um, there's so much detail in, mm. the, in the Shafi school about whatever practice. Sometimes too, even too detailed. <laughs> like like sometimes, it's my own personal feeling about it. But I find them being so meticulous in the methodology that they would be pedant, what I would refer to as pedantic, about an issue. It's like we would never have gone as far as that. We're, we're splitting his, you know, like you get to the level of the muhashun no. and their commentary and the one will go this way and and then we think, but that doesn't even matter. Like, no. But they will go into that level of detail. It's part of it. Yeah. It's, uh, it's remarkable. So now um, yeah, the question is, is there anything where I feel that the idea of tasawwuf versus ilm or that there's something in tasawwuf mm. that is not backed by ilm? I don't, I don't know of any such mm. thing. Well, in Molina's practice of no. tasawwuf. No. Because of course, tasawwuf is a very, very, very broad thing. No. And it's Even not the, the Habayi themselves are critical about certain practices within Tasawwuf. But of course, they, as long as it's Mukhtalafi, differed mm. upon, then the Qaeda is that La Yunkar al Mukhtalafi, wa inna ma Yunkar al Mujma'ali. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, I've seen. Only you need to translate it, it's far too important to, <laughs> no, to not the, translate the, the, um, One should not make Inkar, mm. you know, uh, uh, publicly speak out against something which is differed upon. Mm. And we only speak publicly out against things which are uh, uh, considered impermissible by consensus. Mm. In short, so it, it must be it must be difficult and stressful being a hardliner. No, just imagine, because if you take a hardline approach with this only one way, and there's no other way, no, then the type of of hamal <laughs> that you have to carry you know, this responsibility, no, is hectic because you have to. I feel yeah. that uh, it also takes a certain person. Mm. It takes a certain person. People, some people are troublesome by by nature, mm. but it doesn't work. You <laughs> know, my uh, my father was telling me that uh, they were in the Salt River Masjid in Jamaat, and one of the friends that sort of became a bit of a hardliner, he came to the masjid, and he was criticizing them for the three days and. Uh, innovation and whatever you and one by one everyone walked away from him mm. until eventually he was standing alone by himself stood there for five minutes and because he's an old he was friends with them he was with the Jamaat and something like that I don't know the details mm. and then he goes right and he just looked like he was longing for some company my father tells me and then um, Zohar time comes and they're speaking about rugby or soccer or something of that kind and they're all having a lovely conversation and discussion and they're laughing and they're having lunch together. So uh, my father says to him, look, man, you can have the views that you want to have, man. And I mean, we know this is our life. Or this is what we're doing all our lives, right? Um, we can respect you. You need to respect us. And when we respect each other, we can have lovely conversations like this and have lunch together. Mm. But when we start becoming super critical of each other, mm. then, then what happens? We end up being alone with no one to speak yeah. to. Yeah. Exactly, exactly, and 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 that that speak to each other, man. Like, no, why why is that not 
a thing. Like people would prefer taking an assumption, allowing it to grow, adding more to do it, adding no. more and, and until it's at such a point and then you take it everywhere but to the source no. and finding out, I said too, you know, like I, recently, well, I don't know if Malna wants to get into this, but not too long ago, there was a specific incident. Malna said something in a public gathering no. about somebody, uh, well, I didn't even get forgiveness. I saw the video and I was like, you're and I was thinking, why Malna? Because, <laughs> you know why? Because I understand it. No. Like I immediately understood that look here, there's a context to this. They're talking no. about mahabba, love, what? But the problem is that it's recorded now and no. it's, it's now out. And now the statement has to be explained. But the problem is, and why I see inna lillahi, is that all, if not most, of those who need that explanation are not going to be asking for that explanation. No, no. And that was the, the crazy part about it. Like, I didn't need the explanation. I didn't need to call Manla and ask, Manla, what exactly did you mean by this? Because no. I could give it an interpretation by myself. No. So that's fine. Had I needed an interpretation or an explanation, I could easily have seen Manla WhatsApp or phoned or whatever. But the amount of, of people out there no. who don't even care about an interpretation, uh, so that yeah. was that was your first stint as, as Mufti or very soon after it. I was like, Inna lillahi. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. Through hmm. Allah's father. I feel that um, I think one needs to be more careful what you say and where you say it. Uh. Um, we're living in an era where things are often streamed and therefore. No. Um, and when I say careful, I don't mean careful in a way that. Um, like hide it away. Hide it away. No. <laughs> but when you're speaking. Uh, careful in a sense that if you say something that requires qualifications yes. and explanation and there's a room for people to misunderstand mm. it to understand it incorrectly mm. especially if it's a, a, a somewhat of a careless statement mm. then um, explain it immediately right you know clarify immediately but it's sad to avoid but it's sad that, that, that it happens in, no. in any case that people would be more willing to gun you down no. than to get the explanation and get you off the hook so, no, As if true. they are. I know? think the, the benefit from my perspective was that uh, I also had a certain, because I was quoting a scholar and I had an understanding of what he meant. Did I? Uh, probably similar to an interpretation that, that you, you may have. But I think uh, because of the amount of criticism and, you know, Alhamdulillah, if there's, if there's uh, one thing Allah has uh, favored me with uh, through life experience is that you come to learn to deal with with criticism. Alhamdulillah, mm. in my short life, I've seen so much criticism that. <laughs> and, and, and you had the good fortune of learning Jarh and Ta'adil and teaching it to others. Jazakumullah <laughs> So, but I think the benefit was it allowed me to actually sit down and write something on this. And I found that no. to be very beneficial. I, uh, many of the uh, students of knowledge may have, may have read what we, what we wrote. And um, Muhammad Ka, when he read it, he told me, MashaAllah, he said that he found it to be Rohaniya when he read it. He read it with the class the minute I, mm. I printed some copies. And I was actually writing while in Mecca and Medina, because I was yeah. on Umrah at the time. Uh, well, shortly after I left for Umrah, so I started writing in Medina and I eventually completed in Mecca and then I just did some editing and I got back home. And um, 
I feel there was, Allah Alam, I believe I must believe that there's goodness in, in all situations. And if somebody wants to continue uh, thinking ill or interpret, giving it the worst possible interpretation, then that's upon him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've given it an interpretation from the way I understand the Sharia. Uh, scholars that I've consulted with agreed with my interpretation. Um, a lot of it is found within hadith, direct. The Prophet uttered similar words. In other words, uh, scholars of the past uttered similar words and mm-hmm. uh, with within a context and if that's not good enough for you then alhamdulillah but at least understand that it wasn't what you originally thought mm. <laughs> right mm-hmm. yeah no my point I mean Maulana's approach was, was fine in terms of how you handled it in my opinion but my point is more just the you know that this phenomenon exists right? like we're living in post-COVID times like mm. the world went through a pandemic together you know we're all in this together type of thing But unfortunately, that bitterness, it, no. it's there, you know. Uh, mm. But it, it's never going to go away. The Prophet ﷺ made du'as to Allah no. subhanahu wa ta'ala. The one thing that that is, you know, mm. that was not answered was that the ummah be united as one. No. No. So I guess it's inevitable. But it's, at the same time, it's quite sad uh, because we, 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 we live in such a small community and it's a close-knit community. You can't go somewhere really without somebody knowing you and you knowing the person. No. And in my opinion, that makes it a small community. But that same community that loves you so much. No. I fear the day. And Malala wrote about this as well, I remember. And I love <laughs> that that piece. After Malala David Samson's no, no. debacle. I fear the day that something happens to me like that. Subhanallah. You know? I mean, and it can happen to any of us. E- exactly. No, it, the, we don't know what's waiting around the corner for us. May Allah protect us. Ya Rabb, protect us. Amen, amen, amen. Allahumma stur. Amen. And the, and and one's family also. Like you no. think about, sure, is that going to happen to my family? Is that going to happen yeah. to my daughter? Is that, Ya Rabb. But I must say, uh, because you raised the issue about the video and the scholars, one scholar that was very vocal about uh, the, the the clip that was going around, um, I did meet the scholar at a at one of the the function not too long thereafter and um, I always thought what's going to happen if I run into the scholar and I mean we met and we hugged and he said Sheikh we love you for the sake of Allah and I in return responded you know reciprocated mm. and I think that's the beautiful thing man sometimes we do things out of error out of mistake whether it's on your side whether it's on my side but mm. if we can come together and you know overlook overcome pardon, mm. shake hands, hug each other, mm. then then that's a beautiful thing of our, of our religion. Um, what does concern me more than that scholars, because I'm hoping that the ulama on, on the other side are mature enough to realize that our communities are more important, our brotherhood is more important. But uh, some hardline individuals that you referred to earlier, uh, that's a bit concerning. Mm. You know, may Allah guide them, may Allah guide us. May we learn to 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 mm. deal with each other to work Ameen. with each other to appreciate each other Ameen, Ameen. Subhanallah Malam, before we get to your your mufti that's like the, the end well, how, how long is the interview so It's, far? We, we can finish we can finish if you want how long is it now? it's now at wow Ajeeb I thought it's one I didn't see the one <laughs> 143 
Dutch people watch this, this uh, yes, uh, actually, so long? <laughs> yes, actually. Uh, when Ali's was two hours, Sheikh Ismail's was one hour, 45 minutes. And people watch so long. Every bit of it. Oh, a guy, wow. One guy told me, man, I had to pee and I had to keep my pee. <laughs> <laughs> I said, it's a recording. <laughs> But we can end, we can end soon. I just want to ask uh, two questions. The one is, um, how did you manage, subhanAllah? We, it was difficult for all of us to lose one of uh, last year this time. Maulana um, then had to, in so many capacities, uh, step up you know mm. how did you deal with that well the position of mufti um there was a discussion in the mm. fatwa committee who was going to assume the position at least for the for the next five years no um shah ibrahim was on the fatwa committee personally i was uh, pushing Sheikh Ibrahim was to assume the position. Uh, Sheikh Ibrahim was um, unequivocal that he won't be able to fulfill the do justice to the position in any way on account of his, um, you know, other work activities mm. and so on. And all of us are busy, but uh, I was able to to create some time. And uh, when I was nominated, I said I'm going to pray istikhara and eventually. Eventually accepted. Um, the interesting thing, Mona, is uh, I related this one day in the in in my roha. I don't know how I came to it then, but now since we're on the topic now, is uh, uh, you know I had a dream of Monata after after being appointed now as the the mufti of the Muslim Judicial Council. And uh, one of the new members that joined the fatwa committee was uh, Sheikh Munir Abdurrauf. And uh, in the dream, um, the fatwa committee is meeting and we're having some discussion. And uh, Sheikh Munir comes in with Manata. Or Manata brings Sheikh Munir in or something like that. Almost like he's like the new addition type of thing. Right. And it feels so real. You know, So the dream know. made me feel like Mona's death was a dream. <laughs> right? And we're sitting and discussing and, you know, having like the committee would meet and then uh, Mona says he has to leave. Right. And my normal tertib, I mean, even my, when Mona's there, I'm with him uh. until he gets in his car and drives away. He would like, no. you know, so Mona leaves and I leave with him. And uh, I leave with Mona and, um, There was a lift and we get into the lift and the lift opens and he's about to leave now. And then uh, Mona just gives me a hug. Yeah. <laughs> MashaAllah. This, this, Mona hugged me like that before. You know, when when I lost my daughter. I was the... When I lost my daughter, I was, uh, I remember I was in a room at my mother's home holding my daughter. Mm. And Mona Ta came in. When he heard immediately, he was from the first people that arrived. And uh, when I stood up to greet him, he told me, don't talk. He said, say nothing. And he just held me. And in my dream, I felt that same thing when he just held me like that. And uh, Allah knows best. Somehow the other, that, that dream gave me some, some reassurance. Sure. Wallahu alam, Allah knows best. And then 
the 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 gap Manata leaves within our community cannot be cannot be filled. Mm. But we must try. Mm. We must try. Now I remember um, that we had a, we had a couple of telephone conversations um, shortly after Manana passed away, because for the first time in my in my life, like I didn't know what to do and how to get beyond the point that I was because it was just so painful. Had you? Uh, and and the only time that I had okay. There's always like a thing that comes up, but the only time that I had that same feeling was with my father's boss, my own biological father's bossing, who I knew since birth. And, and 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 did everything for me in my in my life and was a great person. How do I feel the same pain for no. a teacher? You know? No. And and I didn't necessarily know Molina, the longest of his students, or no. I didn't necessarily have the closest relationship with him at every single time. But it was an incredible pain. Um, and then I understood the relationship between a, a teacher and a student. Yeah. And surprisingly, that same pain taught me to respect much more than I did before the independent relationship that Molina had with every one of his students. Mm. Like Molina had a special relationship with yourself, Molina. He had a specific nature in that relationship. And then different again with, for example, Molina Shabir. Different again with example, to Monana Muhammad. Like mm. we all had our own unique thing, but what was common across the board is the tremendous impact that he had in each of our lives. No. It no. was really something else and it was just so painful. No. I think that, uh, I think also what made it, uh, what added to the challenge perhaps for Law Alam is that, um, you know, you had a whole community mourning with you. No. <laughs> right? So, um, you know, if you if you you lose someone, you don't necessarily have a thousand people to speak to. Yeah, right. Yeah. After the Molina, like everyone was mourning, huh. and yeah, Subhanallah. I remember I was driving with my family once, and uh, I just started crying. Mm. That's like my my. I don't know if my wife could understand what was happening or not. Mm. Yeah, she did. <laughs> but yeah, she definitely did. I just started and I, I said, I just miss Molina so much. Mm. So finally. I don't know if the same thing happened with Molina, but my family cried a lot Ajib. on their own also. Ajib. Like, but then I heard that the same phenomenon was having, was, was taking place with, with other colleagues and no. their wives. No. And it makes sense also because they, your wife knows how much Molina no. meant to you. And he had sort of his own kind of relationship with them also. Like no. he would come to your house, no. he would speak to them yes. in his own way. True. True. And and they would, they would be taken aback by oh this important person is talking no, to me and no, yes true I think uh, especially my my first uh, family definitely because hmm. they had a, a, a journey with Manata and uh, yeah our wives knew man they just knew if Manata's on that phone or hmm. he's at the door it's like everything comes to an end yeah yeah and and they completely understood no it wasn't like. No, but there's nothing. <laughs> they they knew. No, like Amala Zakaria was saying, uh, whether you Bahudini and you must pack up. Go, they knew. No. Like, that's just that's just it. They come second. Not that Amala was unreasonable. But no, no, no. Subhanallah. You're gonna be late. You're gonna yeah. And you don't. You didn't need to say anything besides I'm with Amala. No. In the story. 
explain they don't expect the further that, explanation that was a, it was a tarbiyah in itself no it was a tarbiyah in itself alhamdulillah subhanallah well, now I'm going to ask you to, to conclude with a dua for Manana uh, I think it's only appropriate that we do we, we, we're forming this on the 12th of of June and Manana passed away on the 11th well in the Gregorian calendar no. on the 11th of June my father passed away on the 11th of June 10 years before that Ajeev. same day Uh, Whoa. Is, I came home from the janaza and while I was crying I turned to my mom and I see and well, like, well the shock was it's the first time I realized that it's the 11th of June it's the first time I realized that my father passed away 10 years ago um, and there was something that I, I don't want to talk about that on, no. on the recording but there was something a bit of a premonition thing that was going on with me yeah. Um, with Molina and uh, it is a weird thing mm -hmm. so it just made it the fact that it happened and that it made me kind of understand okay you know mm -hmm. you wouldn't have you wouldn't have been able to cope you know but yeah so please make dua for, for our teacher Molina and then we conclude on that inshallah Jazak yeah. Mohairan for joining us we're not uh, expecting to, to air the interview no? probably on Friday okay Oh. I'm hoping to uh, Thursday's a public holiday I'm hoping Correct. to visit Molina with a group of students on Thursday it's great that he is okay now Molina's putting pressure on me <laughs> to hear this way before that inshallah <laughs> I'll do my best no do my best. because uh, we've been there a few times with a group of students nice yeah. we sit down bring musallas with recite the khatam mm. ya Rav inshallah may Allah make his grave a garden of Jannah Amen. He took with him all that ilm and all that knowledge. Yeah. And he's benefited so many. Uh, I think sometimes uh, in our heart of heart, you know, one just feels that his grave is already a garden of paradise. Mm. And he's already been accepted by Allah. So may Allah accept all the sacrifices and his mm, efforts. Yeah. And his thousands and thousands and thousands of hours of studying and teaching and benefiting others. Mm. May Allah elevate his status. And uh, may we meet with him again. May we be Amen. with him on the day of judgment under the banner of Sayyidina Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. May we be with him when we cross over the bridge that leads to Jannah. And may we be with him in paradise. It'll be nice to see him, to see his smile. He'll probably laugh at all of us. He'll like, he'll take money. Like a few, a few people will say, I think one and also said this like, You just wish for the opportunity to go kiss his hand. No. And then the other side of us is thinking, like, if you must do that, he'll probably clap you. I <laughs> tell you, like, I, I religiously started kissing one of them. Is it? No, he accepted it. Okay. After all, he accepted it. Okay, mashallah. But Mona was just like, I remember once Mona drank from some water. So one of the students wanted to, one of the teachers wanted to take, to drink after he drank. Uh. So he said, he kind of speak for you because you will leave. Yeah, <laughs> 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 for coming and for gracing us with your time. I know you're very busy and uh, I took up a lot of your time, but we appreciate it. And I think it's important also because what this what these conversations have been doing for a lot of people is getting getting them a chance to get to know our scholars in a different way no. entirely. You know, they would no. never have heard 
this type of side of you. So shukran. I, I, I think we initially intended to speak about DTI and yes, the conversation. Yes, we did. And I was going to go there, but then Molina said, how long is this conversation going to be? And then I said, oh, yeah, we better cut it here. Our, our conversation took a different... Uh... But tell us, uh, where are you now, just in terms of the madrasa, Molina, like um, what's happening currently? At least we, we, we did the, the topic justice. No, so I, I don't know what I can add very quickly about the madrasa. Mm. Um, like how many years and how many... Classes, the growth. So we, the, the, the DTI, Daratul Atul Islami, has many branches. Our full-time, our Islamic studies um, is full-time and part-time. Mm. Uh, the full-time Islamic studies, higher Islamic education, goes under the name Darul Safa. Um, we have a, a six-year program, one-year Arabic and five-year Islamic studies. Um, the, 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 the syllabus is predominantly uh, based on the 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 uh, madrasa ahl hadramaut uh, but we have a number of aspects of uh, the darulumin strand that has been introduced into that program mm. so it's not a, a a full combination as such but a partial combination between two systems um our objective overall of course is da'wa uh, tazkiyah and and what an ilm uh, the objectives of prophethood وَالَّذِي بَعَثَ فِي الْأُمِّهِنَ رَسُولًا مِنْهُمْ يَكْلُوا عَلَيْهِمْ آيَاتِهِ وَيُزَكِّيهِمْ وَيُعَلِّمُهُمُ الْكِتَابَ وَالْحِكْمَةِ So, علم, تزكية, and da'wah. Um, we have part-time on a Saturday morning. Mm. We have the Mustafa College, which is also a part-time institution that teaches the religious sciences, but through the, an English medium. Mm. We have full-time and part-time hifz. It goes under the name Anwar al-Tanzil. We have the publishing house. We have the bookshop, number two books. We have afternoon madrasa. Wow. Uh, like, I, I know all these things, but when you say it all together, <laughs> like that, and I'm thinking like, oh, you have a big bull. <laughs> <laughs> Alhamdulillah. Subhanallah. Yeah, Rob. That's a big bull. That's a discussion on its own. <laughs> yeah, Rob. No, but uh, that's a discussion we should have had uh, from the outset, but I'm going to ask Malina for the details so that we can at least add it to the screen at this point in the discussion. Inshallah. While saying that that was not the intention at all. No. But uh, I think it's important because, like I, one of the statements that I made is that Mullah is having, alhamdulillah, directly or indirectly, an impact in many people's lives mm. and uh, in the the landscape of Islam locally as well. And it's a good thing to be part of khair, regardless of, of whether you genuinely part of it or not, but no. just be part of it with your finance in that way. People should be spending in these places, yeah. inshallah. That concept is well driven in our community. The Slavat for Hajj is so that I can be part of the men's Hajj, even mm. though I'm not on Hajj. No. Uh, the Barakat before breaking fast so that I can be part of the reward of my neighbor's fasting, mm. even though as he's fast, not mine. Mm. And yes, similarly, um, I can be part of the Hiv journey of a student, of, mm. the, of another student becoming an Alim, mm. or by, by contributing in mm. terms of Oh, Is there any specific all. way that people could contribute? I mean, other than, um, do you have any specific projects that you'd like people to jump on board with? We do, but I'm going to feel too uncomfortable to be speaking about that on this podcast because it wasn't the objective. Yeah, yeah. And I'm, I'm with you entirely. I feel like I don't want to make this whole thing feel almost like it's, you know. It was geared towards <laughs> no. that. No, okay, I'm with you. That That's a good move, actually. But no. then perhaps that can be our impetus for getting one to come in again <laughs> and specifically discuss your projects. Or well, even if we do... I don't know, but we'll do something about it, inshallah, because, well, I know that it doesn't feel like it, but we did speak about DTI. Yeah. Because DTI is Molina's brainchild, essentially. 
So you can't get to the brainchild before you understand the brain, and that no. is more or less what we did. No, but there are there are other personalities that plays a very big role within DTI. Absolutely, you know, the yeah. teachers in general. Uh, Mona Muhammad Ka has been part of DTI from the very beginning. Mm. Um, uh, he would acknowledge that for most of the time he's been inactive. Mm. Uh, since he joined our full-time teaching staff again uh, two, three years ago, he's become very mm. active, mm. made lots of positive changes. Mona Afzal Hatia is another person that uh, I think he, uh, DTI holds a bigger place in his heart than, than mine. <laughs> right? His whole life is DTI. Uh, and then, of course, we have many other teachers. I'm not going to start mentioning teachers <laughs> because I just now leave someone's name out. And you already then... started mentioning teachers. <laughs> <laughs> the, the teachers will accept if I just mentioned those two. Okay, khalas, khalas, khalas. So we should have a follow-up of some sort, inshallah, because the impact is big, it's wide. There's Timbuktu books, there's a lot of other stuff that even if you're not signed up, you can still benefit from. No. Uh, the publishing house, publishing no. different works. It's important that we get to know about those things. So if, you, if you'd grace us again a second time, bi'ithnillah. Inshallah. Barakallahu fikum. Until then, inshallah, wa sallallahu ala sirina Muhammad, walhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Malna, would you like to close the short dua? Um, I just just want to thank you, Malna, for the opportunity. Subhanallah. I've, uh, I haven't been too um, particular in following the podcast, but I have seen uh, snippets of uh, events happening here in your in your studio, mashallah. Alhamdulillah. Feel feel honored to be here. <laughs> No, it's a, it's a it's a it's a privilege and a pleasure to have you with us, Mulla. Um, it's my honor to host you, and uh, if there's any khidmah that we can do, inshallah, we'd be more than happy to do Barakallah so. Inshallah, Allah accept. Allah accept. Barakallah. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.